Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Green estate in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett This holiday season, Walt Disney Pictures gives you the gift of one magic Christmas. Santa Claus? How come you don't look like the Santa Claus in the mall? <laughs> because the Santa Claus in the mall isn't me. Santa Claus, how can one sleigh carry all the toys for all the kids every place? Oh, it's a magic sleigh, Abby. Very magic. Do you believe in magic? One magic Christmas, it will make you believe. Welcome everyone to Christmas week at Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus Movie Podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and joining me... Kyra. Rather be... Oh, sorry. I came in. Uh, hey, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say rather begrudgingly. Oh, no. Kyra Hawkins. I'm glad to be here. Um, <laughs> but we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah. So, for those of you who did your homework, you know that we are covering... Our annual Christmas movie. And what a Christmas movie this one was. <laughs> this is One Magic Christmas. It was released November the 22nd of 1985. It did $13 million at the box office. Eh, I can see why. And that's about $37 million in today's box office. I'm having trouble with words tonight. I don't, I don't, words hard. Words not good. Yeah. Well, it's been a long year, and it's a busy season, so you get yes. past tonight. Yeah. So, I had never seen this movie. Don't want to watch this movie again. <laughs> and honestly, wish I had the hour and 52 minutes that I spent watching and restarting so that way I could take notes back. Alrighty. Uh, well... We feel the same. Um, I am glad that I didn't restart it. I kept it to that. Like the one thing this movie has that I'll say I liked is the runtime. I like a tight 90 and it was just, <laughs> it was just at an hour, just under an hour and a half. So yeah, it had, it had that going for it. But um, as I had told you when I started watching it, I was out after or before the first 20 minutes had have gone yeah this is all right and peeling back the curtain i watched mainly because i didn't prepare or i would have probably taken my book and read i didn't take my kindle which i take everywhere and so i was like i gotta do something for the hour and a half 
trip back from where I was. And so, watched a couple TV shows, still had an hour left. I'm like, Lord, this is going to be a long trip. And then I was like, oh yeah, I got to do... I got a I got a podcast that's coming up that I got to re that I be ready for, but I procrastinated and started watching Unbreakable instead, the Bruce Willis Samuel L. Jackson movie, which is not a Disney movie, but probably will get bought by the MCU or Disney at some point in the future, and I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about it. I would love to. Much better movie than this one, but finally. And for whatever reason, I didn't remember the beginning of Unbreakable. I don't know if I came in late or what. But having a almost three-year-old son, when you see something like happens to Samuel L. Jackson's character at the beginning of that movie, it turns you off and you don't want to watch it. Mm. So little did I know <laughs> that I was in for kind of a same ride with this movie. And so I had about 20 minutes left until I got back to Macon, started watching it. And 20 minutes I'll never have back. Finished yeah. watching it two nights, or actually restarted it two nights ago so that way I could take no tight 90 that I would never get back. There are things that I would much rather be doing, even thinking. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about other things we've been watching, but... Um... We do have an agenda, unfortunately, and we don't want that 90 minutes to have been for nothing, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. And that is one of our um, promises that we make to you, the listener, that if you went and watched the movie, then you're going to get to hear what we have to say about it. And then you could tell us if we are right, if we are wrong, if we missed something grand that was just out there that we didn't see. And if that's the case, please send us an email, bekindrewinddmp at gmail.com. And when we get your email, we will read it on a future episode because I didn't get it straight up. Yeah, I would love to know why anybody likes this movie. Um I just kept like obviously we'll get into the plot in a minute but um uh it was like early in my notes probably about the time that I messaged you and said I was struggling um <laughs> that I started to think this movie reminds me of another movie that I watched um probably when I was a teenager like middle school high school uh called um a home of our own okay it's a kathy bates movie i want to say it's about 90 minutes long too but it's um about a woman and her six kids and they just the entire movie is just one bad luck thing after another um, and it's so depressing. And then just when you think it's going to get better, like the worst thing that could possibly happen happens. And like all of the hope that you might've had that it was going to get better is dashed. Mm -hmm. And that's, that movie came out in 1993. So, um, and it's based on a true story. Oh, yeah. So I feel bad saying that it was a terrible movie. Um, but this reminded me of that because it was just so 
depressing and um, not like sad movies can still be good. I think this was a sad movie that wasn't good. Like I'd much rather watch um, it's a beautiful life. Or is it a wonderful life? It's a wonderful life. Okay, wonderful life. Beautiful, beautiful. There's there's a beautiful mind. Russell Crowe. Much rather watch that than this. There's a. I'm thinking of something else, but um. Yeah, I'd rather watch It's a Wonderful Life if I was going to watch a Christmas movie where somebody has bad luck. Mm-hmm. Um. What I was thinking, the other movie I was thinking of is called Life Is Beautiful. Uh, okay. Do you know that movie? I have not watched it, but I um I know of it because I think it was one that I wanted to watch and never got to because it was wasn't in the theater long enough or something. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's an old movie too. Well, I say old. It came out in '97, and um, it's also like I watched it probably around the time that it came to VHS or whatever. That's what I was thinking of, but I meant okay. it's a wonderful life. Um, so yeah, this movie was just depressing and not not my favorite. All right, all right. So the synopsis, which comes to us care of Wikipedia and was edited by Kyra, goes a little something like this: Santa Claus assigns the Christmas angel Gideon to restore the Christmas spirit of Jenny Granger, the mother of Cal and Abby. Her husband, Jack, has been out of work for six months, and they must vacate their company-owned house by the new year. Jack fixes bikes as a hobby and dreams of opening his own bike shop, which would use up all of the family savings. Jenny works as a store cashier. Two nights before Christmas Eve, Abby meets Gideon while mailing a letter to Santa. Gideon asks her to have her mother mail it instead and protects Abby from being hit by a speeding car. Abby gives the letter to her mother, but she refuses to mail it. The family visits Jack's grandfather, Caleb, who gives Abby a snow globe of the North Pole. Gideon visits Abby again and warns her that some bad things are going to happen, but she should not be afraid. He accidentally drops and shatters her snow globe, then magically restores it. Jenny and Jack discuss their finances, and Jenny tells Jack he should find a new job instead of opening the bike shop. Frustrated, he leaves the house to go for a walk. She goes after him and meets Gideon. All the Christmas lights on the street around her go off. On Christmas Eve, on her way to work, Jenny meets Harry Dickens, who has been trying to sell some of his possessions in order to support himself and his son. Jack leaves the children in the car while he goes to the bank to withdraw some of their savings for Christmas shopping. Abby leaves the car to see Jenny at the, Jenny at the grocery store across the street and tells her that Jack is at the bank. Jenny leaves to stop him, and her boss fires her. She returns Abby to the car and enters the bank, which Harry is is robbing at gunpoint. Jack attempts to calm Harry down, but he impulsively shoots and kills Jack. He flees in Jack's car with Cal and Abby still inside. Jenny takes Harry's car to chase after him, but but runs out of gas before she can catch up to him. He swerves to avoid the police, but skids off the bridge into the river. Believing she has lost her husband and her children, Jenny returns to the house grief-stricken. Gideon rescues the children and the police bring them home, and Jenny tells them that their father is dead and is never coming home. 
Abby goes to the town's Christmas tree to find Gideon and asks him to bring back her father. He tells her that he can't and the only one who can is Santa Claus. Abby takes, or Gideon takes Abby to the North Pole to see Santa, who informs her that he also cannot do what has or he also cannot fix what has happened or make her mother feel better, but perhaps Abby can. He shows her his workshop, which is a factory run by Christmas angels instead of elves. He retrieves a letter Jenny sent her, sent him as a child, and tells Abby to give it to her mother. Ab Gideon returns Abby to her house and she gives her mother the letter. Reading it makes Jenny realize that the spirit of Christmas is to be thankful for what she has. She goes outside to mail Abby's letter and says goodbye to Gideon. All the Christmas lights on the street come back on and it is the night before Christmas Eve again and Jack is alive. The next day, Jenny's boss gives her the day off so she can spend it with her family. At the gas station, she buys Harry's camp stove so he does not rob the bank. That evening... She attends a Christmas tree lighting in the village square and joins the participants in singing O Christmas Tree. Later, the family is celebrating Christmas at Caleb's and she writes a check to Jack for the bike shop as a Christmas present. Jenny hears Santa downstairs and finds him putting presents under the tree. He tells her, Merry Christmas, Jenny, and she says it in return. The end. Now, it's funny that you actually mentioned It's a Wonderful Life. Because my first note on this is, is this A Wonderful Life, the Disney version? Because you you start with somebody that I assumed was God. I didn't know that it was Santa. Yeah, is Santa Talking, God? That's what I thought. Like, what are they doing? Well... Well, I mean, it is Christmas, but whatever. And so he's talking to this guy that you come to find out is a Christmas angel. Mm -hmm. Because he has a very, very tragic backstory. That we will get into when we break down the movie. And so I'm like, okay, this is Clarence talking to God. He's going to go get his wings. No, he's already got his wings. This is something that he does every year voluntarily. I guess it's voluntarily. And so he's like, oh yeah, I know about her. She's the one that never says Merry Christmas to anybody. And this movie was all over the place time-wise because I couldn't tell if it was, or when it was actually said. Because he's like, well, you're supposed to go meet her at a shopping mall. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, this is the late 70s, early 80s, maybe. Which, when she says it would take me better than an hour to make $4.50, then that's really talking late 70s, early 80s. Mm -hmm. But the dad is driving a 57, some type of 57 car. Yeah, I just assumed. As his car. I just assumed it was because they um, were having, like, money troubles. They just have an old car. Because every other vehicle well, you see is, like, 80s-ish, I think. Yeah, but doesn't a car become a classic after 20 years? So if you're having money troubles... And the car looked like it was in pretty good condition, too. So it wouldn't matter of it being a junker that was rusted out, falling apart. You could have sold that to make the money to take care of everything that the husband's talking about doing. Yeah. And then we have a Honeymooners reference with the two kids fighting. And he says, one of these days, I'm going to send you to the moon. Well, I, wouldn't, I, I didn't catch that. 
Oh. Over my head. So that's why I'm like, is this the 50s? Is this the 60s? Is this the 70s? Is When is this set? And then the husband is getting kicked out of their place because he got laid off and they're in a company house. Yeah. Which I didn't know of any kind of um, company-run housing except when you're talking... Um, working in the mines or working oil fields or something like that. So I was completely lost with where this was taking place. Yeah, I don't think it ever even explains like what his profession was. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I don't think it ever explains why she hates Christmas so much. It's like this, yeah. like that. It would have been nice to know that, but also like I'm mm-hmm. glad they didn't make the movie longer to tell us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was just like one bad thing after another. Just little, like big bad luck, little bad luck. Um, but you could tell that the mom has a compassionate heart because there's the there's a boy and a girl, son and a daughter, and then there's this little girl that is definitely down on her luck because her mom comes in and pays with these food things, as she said, which everybody knows is now what they call wick which is food stamps and the the mom's like well i can i think she said i could lend you the money for what for whatever you need so there's like three or four different scenarios where the mom's wanting to make things better for people so i don't i don't understand what she had that made her hate christmas or not want to do anything for christmas or was she the first happy holidays person? Maybe. Maybe. She just was like miserable. Like, and I know, like, because I've been there and I saw my parents in similar places where it's like just times get hard. And mm-hmm. um, I, I know what it's like to know, like, I can't do everything that I wish that I could for Christmas. I think mm-hmm. most people have been there at least once in their life. Yeah. And... I just, I don't know, maybe it's not uncommon for people to have a bad attitude about it too, but I can't, like the way that she just, her, her mood through the whole movie was like, I, I don't think I could stay that way all the time. Yeah. Like, no wonder she's so tired. Yeah. Um, I got like, I mean, she does like buy the kids like good presents for the 80s i guess or like whatever ages they are and um like even if that's all you can do like you could feel good about that but um i want to like where was it going you said she had a compassionate heart and like i got that but also like the way she talks to her kids of just like she's so dismissive of everything that they say Mm -hmm. i was just out real fast yeah and i mean she was dismissive of Everything, it seemed like, because the husband wanted to open up a bike shop. Mm -hmm. Admirable trait, especially in a small town where you'd be constantly fixing up people's bikes. You'd have a steady source of income. And they have $5,000 in savings in the 80s or whenever this movie was set. And, I mean, I get it. I grew up with parents who grew up in the Great Depression, so they were scrimping and saving and trying to not pay more than they needed to. But, I mean, the fact that 
the husband was like, well, let's just take a couple hundred dollars out and buy some good presents for the kids. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, well, we're, they'll just end up broken and in the trash heap in a couple of days. She's like, no, we're going to buy them good stuff. We're not going to buy junk from, I think he said Taiwan. Yeah, she said Taiwan. Uh, yeah. So I just looked it up real quick, and um, I, I put in 1983 just as a guess mm-hmm. for the year. Um, so today that would be $15,445. So uh, that's a nice little chunk of change to have in the bank. I mean, maybe she's worried about them losing the house and stuff and having to find a place to live, but um, – I don't know. That seems like a nice little cushion I mean, for a couple months. $5,000 now is a nice little cushion. Right. That's that's a month's worth of income for me and my wife. So, But, I mean, so yeah, she's dismissive of his idea. She's like, well, no, you need to go get a real job. Which, I get it, but if you're wanting to do something that's going to make a change, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. I mean, he could. He also could have like gotten a different job and then did the bike thing on the side until mm-hmm. he had, yeah. had enough to, you know, it could be a side gig until he's doing well enough mm-hmm. to open it full time or whatever. But um, it's like, how come no one's thinking about that? Like that's oh, yeah. that's the the secret third option, is that that's how you do it. Um, yeah. I just I didn't like these characters um i i liked him more than i liked her for sure and yeah, that's because i love mary steenburgen yeah so the kids are sitting upstairs they're talking instead of sleeping as kids do around christmas time and then the daughter's like oh well i forgot to mail my letter to santa so he's not going to know what we want and we never actually know what she asks for mm-hmm. Because all that she asks is that Santa shows himself to her, which she gets that later on. But once again, we'll dive into all the issues and problems that I have with this movie going forward. Yeah. And so she runs out and runs across the street. In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. In the dark, in the snow. In a robe. (laughs) In the dark, in the snow. And puts the um, letter in the postal in the drop box and all of a sudden Gideon's standing in front of her and he does a little flash of light and the um, letter comes back to him and he says, you tell your mom to mail it because she needs to believe in Santa. Yeah. And he is creepy. The way he talks. Well, he plays, he plays creepy in everything that he's in because oh, well, he's the dad in 16 candles. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And I, I was, I was busting my brain trying to figure out where I knew him from, and then it, then I looked down, 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 down in his filmography, and lo and behold, he's the dad. And I'm like, oh, okay, well that makes sense. He played creepy in that too, boy. So, and then this is where we find out that he is actually a Christmas angel because he died rescuing a kid from the Snake River when he didn't know how to swim. And so now he's doomed to roam the earth and help other people who are down on their luck. He's a Christmas. Is what I yeah. Got. He's a Christmas angel because he like died on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or whatever. It's weird. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, so like he gets her home and it, like after she almost gets hit by a car, gets hit by a car, but like mom and dad didn't even know that she left the house. Um, and this happens more than once in this movie, so I was just like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah, she was. I mean, and this is actually the second time that he had saved her life because she almost got hit by a stray hockey puck earlier in the movie, and he uses his little flash of light to twing it off into a um, window. I didn't. I saw the broken window, but I didn't. I guess I missed that whole the whole rest of that scene. Well, and see, that's that's the beauty of me actually rewatching the first twenty minutes because I I was trying to figure out how the windshield how the window got broken, but yeah. So I don't know if he bends time, bends space, bends the universe, so that the car goes right past her, and then Mary Steenburgen comes out and yells at her and says, "Well, I'm going to spank you the next time that you do something like." Because I mean, it's the '80s, yeah. and it was what you did to your kids. If they got out of line, you popped them and sent them on their way. So, I mean, as somebody that actually read a book on angelology earlier this year, the way that he described becoming a Christmas angel just ripped this movie that much further because that's not how angels work in, I think, any religion. You don't just become an angel because you're... Well, I take that back. No, actually, not even in Jehovah's Witness or the Latter-day Saints do you become an angel. You become one of the chosen and go, but this is not that kind of podcast. <laughs> so, um, one other thing. Didn't her mom ever teach her never to talk to strangers? That, like, she she gripes her out about that when they go inside. Yeah. And so the next thing that we see, all the kids are piled up into the Griswold family truckster, and they're going, I guess, to his dad's place. I think it's his grandpa, but yeah. I couldn't help but notice that there was carpet in the car <laughs> and no seat belts. But I, then I was like, wait, it's it's a like 50s model car, so yeah. there, maybe there were lap belts you just couldn't see. But there was carpet in that car on the seats. And so I think the girl asks mom how she and dad met because her mom grew up at a hotel or a motel and she asks dad if she, if he met her at a motel mm -hmm. and he's like oh no motels came later yeah i caught that and i groaned like not the place like why that's just totally out of place that joke in this movie yeah um but apparently they were set up on a blind date and love happened and apparently because of them going to motels, the kids happened. Mm. We we'll just keep on All moving. right, so they go visit Granddad. Um, it's a beautiful <laughs> like farmhouse in the middle of nowhere with a ton of snow. Um, mm -hmm. But like even this part was kind of depressing because he's like he gives them some like family treasure type things from the attic or whatever and it's like well now i don't have to get you anything for christmas and he kind of like you can tell that he's joking but like the kids are so sad and it was like just i don't know i just hated this um and so apparently they were just there for the day because the next thing that we see we see her in her room which i didn't put together that it was her room. I thought she was staying overnight at the granddad's right. house. 
But then I saw the um, old school large block alphabet cursive letters in her room. And I'm like, well, that's cool. She's got two rooms that have the same letters. And I was like, oh, wait, that's her house. And so next thing you know, Gideon's creepily sitting in her room. And I was getting more and more creeped out by him. and. I'm like, I was kind of feeling guilty. Like he's an angel. You shouldn't feel this way, but he was creepy as heck. Like they should have dressed him differently. Um, and maybe had a different actor, like no offense to this gentleman's, um, legacy, but, um, (laughs) he was very creepy. Unless it's one of those deals where you end up roaming the earth, wearing what you died in. Because he was wearing a duster and a cowboy hat. But still, uh, he was creepy. Like they could, they should have just made this whole, or not made this movie, but, but they they could have like done something with him to make him not creepy. Um, and he's like making Abby feel like it's her job to get her mom to have Christmas spirit, and mm-hmm. um. I don't know. Like, I was just like, where is this going? Just bad things keep happening. The mom and dad have a fight. And then the mom has a run in with Gideon. Like that also was very creepy. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out why the lights went out in town. Because she's talking to Gideon. And then the next thing that you know, there's this really creepy music that's playing in the background. And then one by one, they're... The Christmas lights go off house by house by yeah, house. Yeah, just on the by street. house, unless yeah, just on the street. And I'm just like, okay, did I miss something, or is this going to play later? And yeah, it does. It comes back, and like I knew, because like I had read Wikipedia, um, so I knew it was going to mm-hmm. come back. But then, like it just after this scene, I just had so many questions. Uh, because like I don't know it's just one bad thing after another and I I guess I feel a little bit of sympathy for her or empathy I don't know Um, because like she's clearly like depressed Um, like I said so many people have been there I myself Um, and she's not getting much empathy or understanding or even like attempting to understand from pretty much anybody Um. Again, no wonder she's so tired. Because mm. um, it's just like, well, you should do this. Even, like, the freaking Christmas angel, angel, is like, well, you just need to work on your Christmas spirit. But, okay, so how do I do yeah, that? Yeah, like, oh, man, if only I had thought I should stop being so sad. It's just yeah. so easy. Um, so I, I did, like, that registered for me just because, like, I've had that experience where people say stuff like that. Like, well, you just need to not worry about it. Like, okay. Um, yeah, uh, it doesn't work like that. So, man, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm like, do I follow the plot or do I tell you, like, what confused me about everything from the lights going out to the very end of the movie? Well, I mean, we can we can discuss it point by point because this is where this movie just died in a watery grave no pun intended (laughs) so next thing we know it's the next morning and it's christmas eve and the mom has to work a double shift Mm -hmm. 
because she's the only breadwinner in the house and she's got to bring her money home and whatever. Then we cut to her helping to put $8 in gas in a car, which probably bought a full tank of gas back then. Yeah. But And you see this guy that she had a run-in with earlier at the at at the grocery store because he accused her of double scanning his Doritos mm-hmm. and he's trying to sell his car to make money to pay for Christmas. Good guy right there. 14.7 seconds later, the gas station attendant slams the door on him and he's like, well, son, I'm going to drop you off at the bus station for a couple of hours. And I'm just like, uh, what? He said, there's something I'm going to do. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, no. Uh, and I'm thinking because the dad has raised all this money to help put up this magnificent Christmas tree in the middle of town. The dad's going to get robbed because he knows that he's got mm-hmm. money. But no, instead, the guy goes into the local savings and loan. Holds it up. The dad double parks the car right next to the guy that's robbing the bank's car. Gets out, tells the kids not to go anywhere. Which these kids were... Well, the boy was good. The girl, not so much because she got out and ran to go find mom because she knew that mom was at work and whatever. And so she's like, oh, well, daddy's over at the bank. And I guess he was going to talk to the... He was either going to put the money in for the lights, or he was going to talk to him about a loan or something. And suddenly the guy slips the notes in, don't make any moves, give me all the money, and I'll be out of your hair. And there's a fight that happens, and somehow the dad ends up getting shot. Yeah, as, like, mom has... So she... (laughs) Meanwhile, across the street, I'm assuming at the store... Abby runs in and interrupts mom's work day. And then mom is like, I have to go stop him at the bank. Um, just stay no. at work. Uh, and gets fired like on the spot. Right. So like, well, now the bank's probably the best place for you to be right now, Jenny. Um, but then like, so he gets shot as she like walks in to try to stop him from doing whatever he was going to do at the bank. Um, which, once again, was never fully explained because there was so many plot holes that they could have driven that 57 Chevy through. There. Yes. Like, why Why was he at the bank? Was he there to talk to somebody about a loan? Was he putting money in to pay for the lights? Was he, was he getting... just there because he had to cash his unemployment check? What What's going on? Yeah. Um... But the night... Two nights before, when Gideon met Abby, Gideon says things are going to get bad. But all that you have to do is go to go and look for me on the tree, and that's where I'll be. And so I'm like, okay, they're dropping hints that something's going to happen. Now I'm thinking the house is going to catch on fire, or the car is going to die. No clue that the, that the dad's going to die. And so we cut back to the gas or we cut back to the bank where the getaway car is double parked in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, he's like blocked in, so he takes the dad's car who's which has both of the kids back in it cuz the mom threw her back in and said don't move. 
and she actually listened to the mom and so he takes off down the road and the mom after hysterically seeing her husband die goes out and gets in the getaway car and decides to get into hot pursuit. Yeah, she follows him. Like, the whole time, there's a police officer in the bank. Like, it's never, like, really pointed out, but you see him there if you're looking around at the other people around. And he follows her out when she walks out. Um, it's like, what about a good guy with a gun? Something about, like, and then why are there police officers in banks if that dude's just going to stand there? He was doing nothing. Um of course, this could have been Mayberry, and he only had one gun or only one bullet, and he didn't want to use it because then what happens when the guy starts shooting? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? So, like, I don't even know any of these people's names except the kids and the mom. So, like, the bank <laughs> robber guy, like, he's just all but abandoned his kid wherever his kid's at the bus stop, I guess. And mm-hmm. he's taken her kids, and she's trying to follow him down some, like, grody country road. In the middle of nowhere. Um, Which, I don't know if you caught or not. They had a University of Tulsa sticker yeah. on his car. Yeah, so like when he's trying to sell it to the gas station attendant or whatever, um, it had it had Oklahoma plates and um, the University of Tulsa sticker. So it was like, did he go to UT or what? Um or did the previous three owners yeah. go there? So Jenny's in the car trying to catch the other car. Uh, it breaks down. The police finally catch up to her. And then they catch up to the bank robber at, just after he has, like, driven off a bridge into the river. And then you assume the worst, obviously. Mm-hmm. Because the next thing you know, um, she's just at home all, all by, by herself. herself. Yeah. And so I actually wrote down the holdup leads to killing, which leads to the kidnapping, which leads to a murder-suicide. Because I'm thinking everybody's dead, and somehow this is where the mom's going to get her Christmas spirit back, because at least she's alive. Yeah. So you do see, there no. is like a little scene, um, very briefly, where you see Cal and Abby with Gideon. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I guess it's her dad, uh, the other grandpa maybe like Jenny's dad comes in and is like, Hey, the police called and the kids are alive. So like that guy let them out of the car before he drove, drove it off the bridge. Um, Mm, well, when they're walking with Gideon, he like, they're completely dry. So like, I guess that happened off screen that he let them out of the car, but then it's like, what about his kid? His kid's just at the bus stop waiting for dad, and dad's not coming. Um, yeah. Anyways, so the kids come home, happy reunion, but, like, dad's still dead. And the way she tells the kids about it, um, like, she was so calm. I guess you would want to be calm in that moment, but uh, I don't know. The way that she talked to them was annoying to me because she was, I think, trying to say it in a way little kids could understand. But... She said it in such a way that, like, they still didn't understand. Yeah, because later on that night, I think she says, are we going to be okay? And then the brother's like, I don't know. Dad's never died before. Yeah. It's a a throwaway line, but still you're like, yeah. I mean, this is some heavy stuff. Yeah. 
that they're dealing with. And so next thing we know, Abby runs out and she runs away from home because she has to go to the Christmas tree to find Gideon. And Jenny just is like, oh, well, like she doesn't seem phased by that at all. Yeah. And so apparently Gideon feeds her this line that Santa is in the resurrection business. Or that's the way that I interpret it. Because the next thing that you know, they they get whisked off to the North Pole. And she actually gets to meet Santa. And Santa looked creepy. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to place where I knew that Santa from. But I, I gave up. Because the next thing that you know, they're walking through the toy shop. And all these elves are dressed in different outfits from different times in history. And it's like every time that somebody dies on Christmas, they end up coming to the North Pole to work for Santa. Yeah. Um, it made zero sense. Like, why did they make this North Pole and this Santa's workshop look so, like, scary and... Not ma- like the movie is one magic Christmas and this is not magical. I was not feeling it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But like Abby's just like, wow, wow. She says like 15 times. My brother is never going to believe this. Because uh, cause apparently you lie a lot about everything. Yeah. So he's never going to believe you. Um, and so he Santa is like, well, what's your mom's name? And she's like, well, it's Jenny. Well, Jenny what, sweetheart? <laughs> and then she gives him the married name. And she's like, no, what was her name growing up? Oh, Jenny O'Hanks. Jenny O'Hanks. O'Hanks? And Santa's confused by this. And he's like, oh, period, Hanks. And then he's like, chaps, push me over here. And then the guy that's running the... Postal service is looking miffed because Santa's asked him to push him on his little Lex Luthor ladder yeah. to go find the H's from 1955, like, I guess. I don't know. Use your magic, Santa. My goodness. And so she gets this letter and she reads it because, I mean, that's what kids do. They don't care about the fact that it's a federal offense to read somebody else. And then she just gets whisked off back to her house. Yeah. And she plops down in the bed. And her mom's like, well, don't you ever run off like this again? She's like, but I met Santa. And he told me to give you this letter. And this is where the magic of Christmas happens. Because you have to have a letter from 30 years before to make things happen. I guess so. And then she walks out. Or no, she goes down and finds Abby's letter. And walks down and drops it in the mailbox. And then the lights start to come back on in the town. Mm -hmm. And apparently the... Husband had just gone for a very long Yeah, we're back at the scene where the lights had just gone off. So, uh, like, they go off. All this happens. 
she reads her letter from when she was a kid and then is like inspired, I guess, and drops Abby's into the mailbox. Lights come back on and it's like no time has passed. The husband is just back from his walk. So, yeah, and so were the were the twenty four hours that happened? Was that an alternate timeline? Did she just make some Loki stuff? Yeah, is she now a variant? I uh, at first I just took this at face value, but then I started to think: Did any of that really just happen, or was this like an episode of Scared Straight? Like, or was this like season five when Bobby was dead, and then? Pamela Ewing wakes up and sees him in the shower or whatever Bobby Ewing's wife's name was from Dallas. Oh, I don't know anything about that show. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're um, like, it's like, was she on like scared straight or um, was this the thing of, of like where they show Ebenezer Scrooge, like the worst thing that could happen. And then he wakes up and it's Christmas morning and none of it was re- like, none of it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't explain. So you're just kind of left to wonder, except like then she gets to relive that whole day, like Groundhog Day. And she does it right this time. Right. Like, cause it all depended on, on her. Um, so she like buys the bank robbers camp stove that he's trying to sell. So then he doesn't need to rob the bank. And then her boss like lets her be off for Christmas and they go to the Christmas tree lighting and, and then she's herself sees Santa. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's other stuff between those things happening, but I just. Oh yeah, so so the 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 big thing is she writes a she writes a check or she writes some kind. Of, I don't. It it didn't look like any check that I had ever seen, but she wrote a check for five thousand dollars to give to her husband so that way he could start his bike shop. So apparently she ends up not caring about the fact they don't have any money because now she believes in him and believes that he'll be able to do everything and they'll become the next Bill and Melinda Gates and whatever. Yeah. Or what? Or whatever um, famous millionaires have come from Oklahoma. I just like, uh, it makes no sense because um, like, <laughs> are we to assume that they moved in with like the grandpa or whatever, because that's where they are on Christmas Eve. Uh like, are they just there because it's Christmas or did they move in with him? Uh, no idea. But I'm just like, Jenny, are you sure you should withdraw your entire savings when you aren't sure that you have a place to live? You have to be out of your house in like two weeks. Is this smart? Yeah. But I mean, she learned about having faith and being thankful. And that's all it took to fix everything, I guess. So... Maybe if you are thankful enough, um, you too will have a good Christmas. <laughs> I think that's the moral of the story. You just need to be more. Yeah. Uh, I'm tired, Dan. <laughs> I I am sorry that we had to go through this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when when we when we first started looking like three or four months ago at what movies we would be covering for Christmas. I had no clue that we were going to be covering this dreck and this drivel. And the only funny part is, now we have a Mary Steenburgen variant in the MCU because of it. Because she went back in time and changed it. Uh, Which means that Loki has to go We could have watched Ernest Saves Christmas. (laughs) 
or Home Alone or Home Alone 2 or God Rest at 3, 4, 5, or 6. Oh, did I tell you about our Home Alone adventure? No, but share uh, So. So that way, that way we can have a happy note. As I think most people would agree that uh, the Macaulay Culkin Home Alones are the only ones. They're the only ones that matter. They're canon, mm-hmm. and that's it. Uh, I was gone for a day. It was over Thanksgiving break. I think I had to work. And so um, my husband and daughter were home, and I came home uh, from work, and they were watching the fourth Home Alone movie, um, fourth of six. And so she said, we're going we're gonna to watch all the Home Alone movies this week. And we did. Um, and let me tell you, three, four, and five get progressively worse. Um, the, I think four and five were made for TV, like Disney Channel or like ABC Family TV movies. Um, so, and then the sixth one, most recently, I, it's only been out a couple of years. Um, but they are all very bad. Um, we, I've now seen all six Home Alone movies. So you don't have to. Just don't just don't watch them. Just the first two. Well, there is actually going to be a new Home Alone movie starring Macaulay Culkin. Is this for real? For real. Because, like... As of February, that was what I read. The one that came out, like, last year, maybe the year before, I don't remember. He's not in it, but um, one of the, like, uh, I think his brother is a police officer in the town or something. So like he's mm-hmm. like Kevin is referenced in it, but that family is not part of the movie except for like the police officer. Um, I can't believe I even remember that, but um, yeah. Th- so between home alone through the sixth movie, like only watch the first two and don't waste your time. I promise you will regret it. Especially the fourth one. Um, so this isn't an, this is not a Home Alone podcast. However, we watched One Magic Christmas, and um, I would like to posit that there was nothing magical in this movie at all. I never once felt the magic of Christmas in my heart. Not even with the creepy Santa and the creepy. Mm-hmm. Christmas Elf, no. or the Christmas, yeah, it's... Oh, that yeah. Santa's workshop was like the mail room in Elf, where he's like, this looks like Santa's workshop, except it's dirty and everyone looks like they want to hurt me. That's how I felt about this entire movie. Yeah, so, let's get into the all-important questions, so that way we can go ahead and throw this in whatever river that car went in. Um, first and foremost... What is today's impact on this movie? I mean, first of all, with the way that parents are nowadays, speaking as a parent, if the world's youngest podcast host were ever to get out of the house, I would not let him, or were to try to get out of the house without me being aware of it, he wouldn't make it down the sidewalk, much less across the street and like halfway down the block at night in his pjs yeah yeah no there there's ring cameras there's um like childproof locking mechanisms on doors mm-hmm. um the bank robbery probably would have gone differently maybe not 
I guess that still happens today. Um, man, I don't know. Like the car wouldn't have had carpet in it. <laughs> the kids would have been in seat belts. Tim Allen would have been playing the Santa Claus. I like. I'm struggling to answer this because I am like, please don't, don't, please never do this again, Disney, ever. Okay. Second question: Is this married? Is this married in culture? Is this mirrored in culture? Christmas is part of culture, and um, uh, there are people who hate Christmas. Yeah. I mean, like the hard. And times, most of them are called Grinches. The hard times very much like relevant, but. I mean, I guess this entire movie really is rooted, or not rooted, um, mirrored in culture, but mm-hmm. except for the magic part, I guess. Oh, you mean you mean you don't find out about people dying and then not dying, and you don't know that they didn't die because they didn't die because it didn't happen because it was a was it a- time loop? Was it all a so? Dream? Yes. We never really understand. Like, does she remember that she had these experiences? I think she does. Like the tra- like she needs to go to therapy. That is yeah. today's impact on this movie is like they all need a therapist. Yeah, I I think the movie probably would have opened with her laying on a couch talking to the um, medical professional about what's going on in her life and why she doesn't feel the holiday spirit. Which, I mean, I get it. There's days that I don't feel the holiday spirit. But then there's other days that you wake up and you put on a Grinch shirt and you just power through like i did today yeah um how does this fit into today's society can i be honest um, yes of course. the only like answer that i want to give is um i don't want it to <laughs> yeah that this is i mean yeah um accidents still happen robberies still happen people still die um People get fired for walking out of their job because their kid walked in and told them something happened. But Yeah, like, if this was supposed to feel, like, be a feel-good movie, it failed so bad. This reminds me of, like, movies, I can't believe I hadn't heard of or seen this, actually, because I'm just now thinking, like, this reminds me of some of the movies that, like, my stepmom loved when I was young. She loved these, like, very sad, depressing movies that are supposed to be feel-good movies, but they're really feel-bad movies. Uh, yeah, this was this was not a fun ride. So, this movie has a 40, 47% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Too high. Which means it is moderately rotten. Roger Ebert gave it two stars out of four. Mm, too high he said this is very unfortunate what we have here is a movie with an intelligent screenplay wonderful performances and skillful direction but it is a tactical miscalculation from beginning to end that makes no sense to me like were the performances good i guess so i mean the kids were like kids in a christmas movie typical gideon was creepy as heck and mary steenburgen was very depressing yeah, and see when I when I saw her name pop up, I'm like, okay, this is going to be Mrs. Doctor Emmett Doctor Emmett Brown. Yeah, or like, or the lady from um, the book club, or 
good movies. Yeah, or she was an elf. <sighs> yeah, she was, wasn't she? Yep. She was married to the to Buddy's dad. Yep. Yeah. Um, will not be in my holiday rotation. No. Wish there was a way that you could block movies off of Disney Plus. Yeah. To not even pop up because because you have watched this, you may be interested in. Yeah, I never want to remember anything about this movie. Um, <laughs> I wish I could like erase it from my mind forever. Dare I say I would rather watch the twice-length worst movie ever of this podcast? I mean... We, we will probably discuss that next week. At least he was a happy millionaire. <laughs> oh, Lord. Like, so I wouldn't ever want to sit down and watch either of these movies ever again. But if I had to have one on in the background, it sure as heck is not going to be this one. So there we go. All right. Well, I think we have beat this one up, tied it in a gunny sack, and thrown it in the river. Hopefully never to speak of it again, with the exception of next year, yeah, next year's, next week's episode, which is our year in review episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't actually have homework next week, because it's Christmas holidays. I don't believe in making go back and watch 50 movies unless they really want to and have time to do that in which case skip this one please please we'll save you the trouble because if you watched it once once you will agree is enough unless you are one of the people that was actually in the box in the theater when this came out and if that's the case write us tell us what you thought about it then Tell us if you rewatched it and we missed something or this is now one of your favorite Christmas movies. Please tell us what we're missing. Um, your next actual movie to watch, which will be in three weeks, because we have our throwback episode in two, is going to be a much lighter and happier movie. It is 1987's touchtone release, Three Men and a Baby. I'm real excited for that one. Starring Tom Selleck, Ted Danson, and Steve Gutenberg. And the third cutest baby on. So you have something to bring your life a little bit more happiness. But until we talk again, stay safe, stay hungry, and don't 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 ever double park a car on a busy street where somebody is robbing a bank and <laughs> that's it. That's pretty good advice. I I don't have anything else to add. <laughs> We'll talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Tension Glen's Market Shoppers, good afternoon. Here are your Saturday afternoon five-star specials. Nabisco Shreddies in the large family box, only $1.69. You save a dollar off our regular price. And Glenn's own boneless beef stew, stew beef sale price at only $2.29 a pound. An excellent value. 
Have a nice day, and thank you for shopping Glenn. Herbie Conklin, manager. Herbert. Herbert.